Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm actually, you can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hating on me on Chad. You know, I got to do something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Mr. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stubbs. I don't care, I'll talk over the And now, your host, all the wrong shows. Chad Hey, is my co-host here? Hello, I'm here. You know, okay. I, I'm actually having a, a rough morning here. I called. Uh, I was off a digit, so it, it's a it's a blog talk radio, and I hit one for the host, and a lovely young lady answered. <laughs> I thought maybe maybe you had someone new, so I, I she acted like she didn't know who I was. So I said, "Well, I'm Abel. I host the show with Chad." Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> She's giving me all kind of props for a new hire that didn't happen. She probably thought like I was calling one of those tinfoil hat shows. I, that's I probably dialed in one of those tinfoil hat shows. They're thinking, oh, good, we got another screwball on hold. Oh, man. <laughs> Somehow I think this is going to tie into what we're going to open the show with. And that's Ed Cunningham uh, making an announcement, uh, I think, from the Mayweather-McGregor fight that he's worried about head trauma in football and won't announce games. <laughs> I think he had some. You know, I didn't really remember. I, I had to jog my memory. You know, uh, today is my birthday, Chad. I'm 49, so I'm getting, uh, you know, getting up there. Happy birthday to my co-host. Yeah, you know, Calamino. you start forgetting Locally things. So I had a, admitting to people me? that he is 49 today. Um, well, you might as well. Could have told a it lie. It is what man. it is. It is what it is. I had to dial back my memory. Accumulated years. Uh, you know, 49 accumulated, accumulated years where your memory goes. So I'm trying to remember who is Ed Cunningham. Because, you know, I'm thinking, the name sounds familiar. And he played in the NFL. And if I'm remembering correctly, I didn't look this up. This is fresh from my memory here. I believe he was a lineman for the Chargers for a large portion of his career, unless I'm thinking of someone else. But anyway, so I read Ed Cunningham quit his job with ESPN. He's not going to... Uh, announce football games anymore. He won't be doing the. I guess he did a lot of Big Ten games, and he had a great job. He just, you know, he couldn't bring himself to announce them anymore. 
because of the head trauma in football. Now, <laughs> first of all, you know, here's where, I, here's where I struggle with this stuff. This seems to be the new thing in society anymore. And I, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to because we do a show, and I have to try to guess what's in his head. I mean, maybe he's sincere. Maybe he's sincere. But th- there seems to be this, this thing anymore where everybody jumps on the new cause in social media because it gets them attention. So, you know, if there's a cause out there, you jump right on, especially if you're semi-famous like him. He's not famous. I mean, most people wouldn't know who Ed Cunningham is, but they do today because there's articles on Yahoo and ESPN and everything else that Ed, who has the life he had, he has today because of football, most likely. I mean, chances are he didn't make the money he made Just previously. his career and his post-career because correct, of football. Correct, correct, because of football, but he can't do it anymore. Can't. I hate to sound – I take head trauma seriously. I'm not trying to make light of it. I think a lot of this stuff is real, but I do think it needs more study. I think we need to figure out, you know, CTE. If I opened up the heads of 100 healthy adults who never played football, what would be the percentage of CTE versus, you know, every guy whose head they How opened up. How about you up, open up open. the heads of NFL players who did not suffer – um, any of the ill effects because you know you're 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 opening up the uh, brains because these folks you know asked that their brains be studied and donated because they were suffering symptoms. So of exactly course, right, and that's where I was going with this. Every person who donates their brain is going to be somebody at this point, most likely, who feels something's not working correctly in there and wants to study. And that that's all well and good. And if you open up fifty of them, chances are all fifty are going to have a problem. And as you point out. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have played in the NFL. We have to open up a lot of heads and say, okay, so do they all show this, or is it just? I mean, I mean, like Troy Aikman, who's had about as many concussions as I think he can have, and Steve Young. I point to those two guys all the time. Both claim they feel perfectly fine, suffer no ill effects, and have no problem with the game. So I don't know. Those guys had their bell rung quite a bit. Yeah, and so. What's going to need to have to happen here is that some of the healthy guys who have not suffered any of these symptoms are going to need to agree to have this happen. And who knows if that's going to actually happen? You know, are they going to donate their brains for this? Will enough of them do that so that, you know, quote unquote, healthy brains can't be um, examined? That's going to be the problem. here. Well, I guess what bothers me more than anything is not so much. Him specifically, it's more society in that we've almost we're getting to the point where it's it's almost like how do I say this? We want to live a life that rather than have a full life, an exciting life, we want to live a life that presents no risk. Yeah, we want to hang on. Yeah, we want to hang on. You know, I mean, in other words, we want to stay here as long as we can. Well, I can tell you what: there's a good chance that if you eat fruits, vegetables put a, 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 an elliptical machine in your basement and sit on your couch the rest of the day, don't drive, don't go outside, you may, you may make it a lot longer. <laughs> you might. I mean, you're going to have a healthy right. diet, you get some exercise in. I'm not sure it's going to be a fun life, but you, you may hang on to 100. Um, and, and I think that's where I'm struggling with this anymore. I'm not saying do something intentionally to bring harm to yourself or someone else. I'm not saying live recklessly, but you got to live. I mean, we almost are at a point in society where, 
I mean, there's risk involved in everything. If you go on a trip and you drive, there's risk. If you get in an airplane, there's risk. There's risk. Yeah, that's I'm, that's I'm life. Gonna, I'm going to even slide back to your original point where, you know, you have these issues that come up almost on a daily basis, uh, most certainly on a weekly basis. Social media becomes the big thing. Uh, most recently, it was Joel Osteen not opening up his church. Before that, it was um, Colin Kaepernick. You can, we can go on and on. You just go week by week. I think I, I should. I really should start jotting these things down and then you know regurgitate them in December at the end of the year just to refresh people's minds as to what they were so worried about a few months ago that they've now forgotten about. But nevertheless, you have these things go down. These people take these really big stances against it. They put themselves out there. Um, and some of them are doing it for attention, but they do know this, that those who will oppose them and say those kind of things risk ridicule themselves. Well, how dare you say that? This person, you know, is being genuine. How can you say that? How do you know they're not being genuine? Blah, 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 blah. But the truth of the matter is uh, quite a few of these folks are doing this for attention. So I don't know right now what Ed Cunningham's uh, motivation is. I do know this in reading the article. um, It was a little confusing because it says here, former NFL player Cunningham said he made the decision to resign after ESPN laid off a significant portion of its workforce in April, but didn't say at the time that his fears about the game's safety were a part of why he's leaving. Well, yeah, that's, evaluate- that's, that's where I think people are starting to say, now. well, did, did you make a principled stance because they laid off your best friend, or did you, did you, you, did you decide – after the fact that maybe, hey, if I throw this concussion stuff out there, I seem like a good guy. I don't know. Maybe he just is a good guy. I don't know the guy. And maybe he sincerely feels bad about it. But all I'm saying is I better not see this guy at a boxing match or watching any kind of MMA. Don't get caught viewing any of that. So is this guy not going to watch football anymore? Or what's? Uh, you know, like you, you, know. Be, you bring up MMA, forget that stuff. That stuff, all that stuff is a quick, a quick jolt, and the doctors try to say, well – you know, it's really the continual pounding that does it. What well, do you okay, mean a quick how about a- they're making rules in the game that stop that one hit across the middle um, on a defenseless wide receiver. So according to the NFL uh, and even college football, that one hit that might happen to you uh, once or twice during a season by a free safety or a middle linebacker when you're a receiver coming over the middle, that's uh, going to cause you to have – CTE. Now, again, I'm no doctor, but they're legislating that out of the game. And what is MMA? I mean, you fall on that yeah. ground, groggy, you're getting repeated blows to the head. But I got so- one better for you. I got one better for you. Forget MMA, forget football. What about NASCAR? Because last time I checked, hitting a wall at 190 miles an hour and coming to a dead stop is usually not a formula for life. No, no, not at all. And that's been proven. And so, yeah. you know what I boil this down to, Emil? That if you live a fast, free, and exciting life, uh, I think head trauma is a part of it. <laughs> I just think you're going to hit the head. <laughs> if you're living life hard, man, and you're living it to the max, I think you're going to take some hits to the head there. And they may you're going to take you some. Know. You're going to you're going to break some bones if you want to listen. You're going to break. There's there's a song by a group that with every broken bone, the chorus goes, uh, you know, I know I lived or something like that. And you know what? There's there's something to be said for that. Again, don't be reckless. Don't be stupid. But you know. Life has risks. I, I think that the bigger issue, you pointed out what I said, and I think that is the bigger issue. Everybody wants to be seen as caring a little bit more. So we tend to hop on these issues because I want to be part of the crew 
that care yeah, a little I need bit to more. Elevate myself above everyone else. Um, hey, everybody, look at me. I I really super care about this thing that everyone's talking about. So everyone turned their eyes to me. It's Chad. It's I had so guys telling me last there. week. I had guys telling me last week, and and you know this, and you, I, I'm sure your dad, someone who's lived through this, would agree. I mean, Jim Brown was a big a big player in the civil rights movement. I mean, absolutely. He went through, as I say, he you know, he 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 took the arrows. He was a pioneer. He wasn't a settler. He took the arrows. He was in a time, as everyone knows, when the stuff was hot and heavy. Okay, he basically came out last week and said, "Hey, listen, I wouldn't protest the national anthem. That's not for me. I don't disrespect my flag. I don't disrespect my country." I had guys. I put it up. You know that. I had guys saying. Telling me that you know Jim Brown had head trauma, he's too old to speak on this because you know because you know it's like wait a second here, time out. This is Jim Brown, man. This guy did this stuff. He 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 was he was a pioneer. You're telling me his no, but he's 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 an embarrassment now. Uh, He's turned his back on everything. Here's what we've done: Uh, Ray Lewis, Michael Vick, Jim Brown, three of the most recognizable names in in this game. You can say what you want about. Um, you know, Michael Vick or maybe even Ray Lewis. There's no denying Ray Lewis's um, his leadership skills. Um, there's no denying his um, work during his career and even now after his career motivating um, people um, and what Jim Brown has done. Um, but we've taken a dump on those three people because they don't agree with the predominant stance um, by those who are speaking loudly about it, which was Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Amy, let me tell you this. My father's a double whammy on this issue. My father served this country um, mm-hmm. during war times, the Korean War. My father lived through the civil rights era. My father mm-hmm. spent summers in South Carolina, so I think you can get an idea of what that might have been like if you're black during that, during that era. So he certainly has experienced a good amount of his racism. He, um, just like anyone of... Um, his racial background, who had lived through that era, would have every reason in the world to be angry at this country. And my father's stance is this. He doesn't agree with the national anthem protest. My father went on to tell me that he went and served next to guys who didn't make it. Um, He had friends that went and enlisted in the Army um, and in the armed forces as well that he never got back. And they went out Mm -hmm. there to protect this country and the rights that you have now, the rights that you had then, um, albeit they, you know, there was there was uh, a, a tremendous amount of prejudice and racial tension and all that that went on during the civil rights era. We weren't allowed to drink at water fountains, um, churches were bombed, all those things, and they went and fought for those things and fought for the right for um, African Americans to protest their conditions in the country which have since improved. There's some people out there who would not care to admit that, but they, they have, and that was due in large part to civil rights marches and the protests and all of those things that were allowed to happen back in that time. Yet people that well, died with this I think I think a lot of people, you know, to our original point, I mean, we're kind of lumping all these together. We started off with Ed Cunningham. We got back to Kaepernick. I think, I think the bigger issue, you know, again, we have a society that wants to jump on the train. You know, you're talking about issues here like this where nobody wants to admit things have improved. Hey, are they perfect? Hell no. 
they might never be perfect. I they mean, they never will be. They're they never, never will be. be. We're humans. Humans don't live in perfect conditions. You know that's yes, you, you don't believe wiped, in anything after this. All the blacks and uh, if you wiped everyone out of this country and just left white people here, um, the blondes would fight the brunettes. They already the blue did. Eyes would fight the dark eyes. Yeah, That's go study. Go goes. study history. When the when the Irish made their first immigration here, the the English hated them. I mean, to to the English, um, the only way I could say this is the Irish were whatever equivalent the blacks are to the you know the KKK. I mean, you the English made the, the leprechaun that Notre Dame uses is 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 actually a, a derogatory English cartoon. It, I don't even know why Notre Dame uses it, okay? Honestly, go study that stuff. Then then the Irish integrated and they became part of the clique and along came the Italians and the Polish and the they were the next wave and, and nobody liked them. Italians need not apply. Then then you know then, then they came right. along then the Asians. I mean it just keeps going and going. There'll always be separation, trust me my friend, but you want to know the good thing here is that with this tumultuous offseason, with all of these issues and things, Emil, it starts tonight, college football. I know it started last week, but it really, really starts tonight. No, it really tonight. starts tonight. I'm with you. Last tonight. week was just a joke. Yeah, I don't know what that was. And we had a couple yeah. of laugher of games uh, without any real marquee teams. But Ohio State takes the field tonight and takes on Indiana. And college football starts, and we've got a mega weekend of college football planned. Emil and I did our college football prediction show last week. I'll recap that real quick before we go to the break. But what we're doing today is breaking down the NFL season. We're going to go division by division and lay it all out for you. I've got a few surprises in here. I don't know what Emil's working with. We never get together on uh, our picks or predictions prior to doing a show. So it'll be a surprise to me and a surprise to him and a surprise to you all out there. But that's what we're here for. It's our NFL prediction show. If you want to reach us on the show today with any questions, comments, or thoughts, the number to call in is 319-527-6059. Again, 319-527-6059. And you can follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Studs. You can, um, you know, give any comments or questions there as well. Real quick on what we did here last week. Emil and I ran through the uh, the Power 5 divisions. I don't remember either one of us. Did you, did you happen to have a, a thought at all on what you thought Notre Dame was going to do? We didn't talk about them last week. No, you know, I mean, I hear a lot of people making predictions on Notre Dame, like, you know, if anywhere from, you know, they're going to be 7-5 and five to people saying, oh, they're a dark horse for the college football playoff. I, I, I think they're going to be – I don't think they can be as bad, nearly as bad as they were last year, but I don't see them as any sort of dark horse for that playoff. I mean, their schedule no. – you know their schedule is not favorable in terms of you know what I, from what I can tell. And again, you and I have talked about this over the years. It's always dangerous when you start looking at schedules because you you don't know how some of this is going to play out. Exactly. You know who's exactly. going to be you good don't know at certain. Who's going to be one? Exactly. We're, yeah, we're I mean we get surprised every year. every year, but I do know. I, I'm this. on the I seven mean, and five train, though, Emil. Uh, are you? Guy. Yeah, I've got a game yeah. with you know they've got Stanford on that schedule. They've got USC on that schedule right there. I say that's not too good. I, I think Miami's still on the schedule, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and the Miami Stanford game are road trips, so you know I, I don't like their schedule. They got Georgia early. I, I just I'm like you. I'm on the seven and five, maybe eight and four train if they pull a few upsets along the way but I, I don't see this team being a dark horse for any playoff yeah so they're there but it's like they're not there all right my four team uh playoff that uh, i came up with last week is washington is the one seed uh alabama is the two seed ohio state is the three seed and my fourth seed is louisville um and at the end of all this i've got washington winning the national championship amel uh a little slightly different 
He has Alabama as one. He has USC two, Ohio State three, FSU four. And um, if I'm not mistaken, you have Alabama and USC in the championship game with Saban uh, winning yet another one. Yeah, I think you're always. I think you're always safe to not look like a fool if you put Alabama in something toward the end of the year. Yeah, you went the totally <laughs> safe route there. Um, so there you go. Man. I'm, sick, like of, said, I'm sick of being a fool at my college picks. For some reason, when we do this NFL preview, you and I seem to come a hell of a lot closer. Don't get me wrong; we've come close with like Alabama or Ohio State, but generally, it seems like our college picks, uh, other than the chalk that maybe gets there, the rest of them seem to crap out most years. We do very well on this NFL. I don't know why, but we've picked the Super Bowl winner, both of us, back-to-back years at one point. We have the same team. We did. We did. All right, so we're going to get into it right after we hop into this break. So when we get back, we'll break down the AFC first on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back with our predictions right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Ten twenty-two here on a Thursday. Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino, Calamino, flubbed up your name. You yeah, you're in trouble into with those vowels. You're down there, all the Cubans. You should be good on names like this. <laughs> Calamino, who uh, turned forty-nine today. He's uh, yeah. one year away from being um, a speed limit of some sort. So some sort, some sort, somewhere. All right. Uh, let's jump into this thing. We're going AFC first. We're going to go with the AFC East, which is the least uh, unpredictable, shall we say, division in all of uh, NFL fo- football. Unless you're going to throw out something like you got the Dolphins winning this thing. Uh, I think you and I pretty much know how this is going to go. But I'll let you go first on the AFC East. 
And uh, just tell me what you got two through four in this division. Yeah, well, generally speaking, I didn't see the Dolphins. Be, you know, I'm just going to bother some people down there. I didn't see the Dolphins as a playoff team this year with Tannehill. Um, just because I, I thought they had some fortuitous bounces last year. And I think while I do think they're improved, I'm not sure it's going to quite break that way again for them. So I've got the Patriots once again winning the division. I've got them at 13 and three. I mean, I could see 12 and four. I could see 14 and two, but 13 and three sounds about right and safe. I got the Dolphins coming in second at eight and eight. Um, Cutler, while I make jokes about him, I don't know how much of a downgrade he really is from Tannehill because, again, I'm not a huge Tannehill fan. Um, I got the Bills. They seem always safe to put them around seven and nine. I don't know. They do just enough to keep you watching them once in a while but in the end they just fall short and then i I think the jets are going to be god awful um they might have a chance to lose every game at some point if their offense doesn't improve but i I think they have enough defense to win three of them so i got them at three and 13 all right um i've got one little surprise in this division of course it's not at the top i like you have the new england patriots winning this thing at 13 and 3 uh, we don't need to go on and on here about the greatness of belichick and brady and the whole organization they just do it they know they've got the formula so yeah um, they're going to keep doing that until they've shown otherwise number two in this division amol believe it or not i've got the buffalo bills at a at a crazy 10 and 6 i must be nuts I must be nuts, but well, hey, it could happen. Uh, I mean, they've 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 been close to being a team that's ready to get nine or ten wins, and then they find a way to lose some games they shouldn't. I think a comfortable Tyrod Taylor is going to play even better. I don't, you know, there are not a lot of eyes on the Bills, not a lot of expectations here, but I do see them making moves. I, I feel like there's a plan there in Buffalo, um, and I feel like it's going to, you know, it's going to lay out well for them here. I have them at ten and six, believe it or not, Buffalo Bills at 10 and 6 uh and finishing second in the division number 3 I'm like you the dolphins are going to be all over 8 and 8 and and I just don't see where the breakout is at some point the dolphins are going to have to replace Dan Marino it's been gone for 25 years but Emil at some point you're going to have to get your franchise quarterback Cutler's a good um stopgap I guess um so that you don't have an amazingly terrible season he could come in he'll do some great things and then he'll he's there there'll be some head scratching going on that's just been his uh, Mo over the years, so I've got the Dolphins at eight and eight, and I'm with you. The Jets are woeful. I have them at four and twelve. I might even be a little bit too ambitious um, with that mark of four and twelve. So with that, Patriots again in the AFC East. Let's slide down to the AFC North. I'll go first here. Uh, believe it or not, Amel, I like the Bengals to win this division. I have them at eleven and five. Um, I, I just like the steadiness. Andy Dalton, whether you like him, love him, or you know hate him, um, it's steady. And um, he's a good enough quarterback. Um, he's there. Their steadiness. They're good outside. They've got a running game. They play pretty good defense. I think the Bengals will sneak up on some people this year. I have them at 11 and five. Number two, the Steelers. Big Ben. Does he want to play? Does he not want to play? Um, you know, Antonio Brown is he a distraction? Is he not? Le'Veon Bell. What's his deal? Just too much going on there in Pittsburgh. I feel like there's a slide back there. There's like something. There's a little something that's not right in Pittsburgh. They've got a nice roster. They've got some players on there, but there's just something about Pittsburgh that bugs me. I have them second at ten and six. Uh, number three are the Ravens. Uh, I have them around nine. I have them at nine and seven. They could easily be eight and eight. Just a steady team, but nothing great. Um, not terrible. So uh, kind of like you feel about the Bills, I feel about the Ravens. They'll do enough to just not be awful. Uh, and then speaking of awful, they'll be the Cleveland Browns. But you know what? 
Um, I, I like what Cleveland's done in the draft. They're going with Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback. Um, I like some of the things that they're doing, not enough to make them anyone's playoff team or even a 500 team. I have them at 5-11, and 11, and I said all that because, you know, most will want to put them at 2-14, and 3-13. and 13. I have them exploding to a 5-11 and 11 record. Wow, you know, that's it's funny. You and I see a lot of this stuff the same. I mean, I have Cleveland the same. I'm going to go backwards. I have Cleveland at 5-11 and 11 as well. I, I mean, I'm not sure about Kaiser yet, but you got to play him if you drafted him. I mean, you know, you always say the thing you judge a quarterback by is their decision-making, and he made a lot of poor ones when he played at Notre Dame. I mean, he, he was a, a turnover machine at certain points. And I'm not sure if you can coach that out of somebody, but we're going to find it. We're going to find yeah. out. And uh, sure. I like I like some of their other moves, like you said, especially on defense. So we'll go five and eleven there. I'm not as high on Cincinnati as you. Um, for some reason, I just felt like this team crested and and you know didn't get there, and and they're going to go back to being sort of like the Bengals, only not the awful Bengals. I've got them at eight and eight. I'm just I'm not buying what they're selling. I do like AJ Green, of course, but uh, I don't know. Just they don't do it for me. Baltimore, we're kind of in the same. Uh, venue here with Baltimore, although I have them sneaking into the playoffs as a 9-7 and seven wild card team. I, I think Harbaugh's a good coach. John, not Jim. They're mm. both good coaches. But, well, Jim's uh, a good coach, yes. Yeah, Jim's a good coach, too. Uh, so I said they're both good coaches. And, you know, Flacco, for all the crap we give him, I mean, the guy the guy has been pretty steady for them over the years. I, I like them at 9-7, and seven, but I've got Pittsburgh – Winning this division and winning it easily this year. I've got them. At, see, I like Pittsburgh as a 12 and 4 team. I like their roster. Um, their offensive line is definitely, you know, it may not be the caliber of the Cowboys or the Raiders, uh, who, who probably have the two best lines in the league, but I put it in that next tier of offensive lines, you know, with the Green Bay Packers and the Steelers and a few other teams that are solid up front, a lot of, lot of skill outside. Uh, Roethlisberger's done it before. I have a head scratcher yesterday. I don't understand why they're going to sign Joe Hayden for three years and $27 million. They need help I mean, at the cornerback position. And well, so I understand I that, but the I Cleveland the Browns. Able, yeah, I think the feeling here with uh, with Hayden is that he uh, really wanted out of Cleveland and uh, had just allowed his play to fall off so that yesterday could happen and they're hoping they could reclaim the old Joe Hayden. History Maybe. tells me that that doesn't happen. That, that's what yeah, history Yeah, history tells you that. And, you know, the other thing is if it was a one-year deal where it was a prove-it-to-me deal and they paid him $8 bucks, I might be I might be down with that. That's what a real smart but, team would do. Like, hey, man, you know, you haven't really been good. You have this yeah. you've been highly paid cornerback. I think that's what Belichick would have done. It would have done like a real Yeah, and that's my, fear. Want, that's my sure. one fear of Pittsburgh. The fact that they made that move tells me they're not comfortable Mm-hmm. on that side of the ball because Hayden, I've watched Hayden the last couple of years flipping through games. He seems to have a ton of trouble with speed. I mean, if mm-hmm. he has a guy that, that can't necessarily run, he, he's okay. But when he gets lined up against a guy who can run, he seems to get himself in some weird positions. And and so I don't know. We'll see that. But nonetheless, I've got them winning the division at 12-4. and four. All right. Um, well, now we got to head down to the AFC South. Obviously, um, <laughs> there's issues for me in this division, and I'm probably I guess I'm going first here, right? This no, is no, a hard I'll division. Go, I'll go and knock this out of the way. Um, and obviously, I'll take some some heat for what I'm going to say in this division, but it's just honestly the way that I would see it. Cut Quincy Wilson out of the deal. 
Um, if you've listened to the show religiously, you know, I have a formula for how I pick these things. So uh, I'm stuck with the formula. And number 31 has nothing to do with this. I am going to say this. This will be, uh, in my opinion, the worst division in all of the NFL this year. Um, Mine, too. I have it as the worst. It's horrible. It's a terrible yeah, division. Uh, absolutely putrid. Um, let's just – I'm going to start from the bottom. I've got the Jaguars as 4-12. and 12. They've got all types of problems there at quarterback. I really think they should just start Chad Henney. He's st- Henney is steady, um, and, and they really yeah. should stay there. It looks like they're going to go with Bortles. I, I, I believe that's what I heard. Um, and he's up and down and all over the place, and I, I'm not even sure the wide receiving crew is on board with this guy. Um, I've seen some training camp clips, and uh, they seem to be a little disgruntled about Bortles as quarterback. That's never good. So um, another dismal year for the Jaguars. Um, crazy as this believes, there's buzz around in Houston. J.J. Uh, Watt and Sean Watson and blah, blah, blah. I don't like Houston's schedule. I just don't like it at all. And so, Emil, I have them as a 5-11 and 11 football team. And it, would, uh, it, disturbed me to, it disturbed me to come to that conclusion. But, Emil, I just don't like the way things stack up for uh, the Houston Texans. And they, and they really just don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. But, you know, what's at issue here for me is, They've got a stretch here where there's four road games out of six. Four out of six games are going to be on the road down here in a crucial time in November. Um, and, and they're playing New England. They've got Kansas City, who I think is going to be good. They're at Cincinnati. They're at Seattle. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, they've got a lot of tough games here on this schedule, and I think they're going to struggle. Oh, yeah, well, you know, my, my argument in the NFL has been this. I mean, in college, you could have a great quarterback and still have a, a, an average or lousy team because you can be overwhelmed by talent at other positions. So, you know, you could have a guy who ends up being a top-ten pick, but the rest of your team's not that good. In the NFL, if you have a, good, a really good quarterback, it's almost impossible to be bad. I mean, you may not be sure. great. But, but but the game is so designed in the NFL and the talent is so spread across the league that if you have good quarterback play, good chance you'll be in most of your games. I Houston keep going doesn't have back that. To, I keep going back to that quote. I don't know why this has stuck with me so hard. But that quote by Tony Romo at the end of one of those games, um, it might have been two years ago, um, or, or it might have been the first game last year. I don't remember what it was. But he, he tells you these NFL games all come down to the final four or six minutes. And if you don't have a quarterback, your chances of winning that thing very, very slim. And Houston's going to go through a majority, if not all of the season, not knowing what they have there at quarterback. Hopefully um, they can figure that out. I'm thinking it's Deshaun Watson. It'd be nice if, if, if he gets in there. I liked him in the draft. I thought he should have been picked higher. I thought he should have been ranked ahead of a lot of these other guys. So if he can mature that guy for them towards the end of the year. I think the future would look bright. I just don't like them this year. Um, number two, I think in this division is going to be the Tennessee Titans, and I have them at seven and nine, which is going to drive, is going to make people say what? They were a nine and seven football team last year with a bunch of promise, but Emil, their schedule, um, real nasty. Oakland, Seattle, at Miami, Baltimore, Cincinnati, at Pittsburgh, uh, at Arizona, who I think is going to be good. And then they have a stretch in November and into December where four out of five games are going to be on the road. That really takes a toll. And then they have another stretch where they've got three out of four on the road. So they have a stretch in October that's three out of four on the road, and then a stretch in November into December, which are four out of five on the road. Um, and that's where yeah. the schedule does matter. It's not necessarily who you're playing. You and I were talking it's, about this off-air. It's off the air. travel. 
it's the, the travel and when you're playing. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I, agree uh, I mean, in, in in handicapping individual games over the years, I've seen that to be a really really big factor. Um, and I don't know how or why something like this happens in a schedule, but to have one stretch where you're three out of four on the road and then another stretch where you're four out of five on the road just doesn't seem fair. And that's going to be a problem for Tennessee. The good thing for them is they've got a good quarterback. So where it could have been really, really ugly, if this was happening to Jacksonville, I'd go ahead and call them two and 14, one and 15, but it's Tennessee. Um, but at the end of the day, I've got them at seven and nine. So that leaves the Colts who don't know when Andrew Luck, is uh, going to take the field. He's going to miss game one. I'm looking at it like this. If they've not gone out and picked up a quarterback, you know, something a little more solid than what they have, that would indicate to me that someone uh, in that organization feels like luck will be back pretty soon. If, you know, whether that's game two or three. I mean, you can't get these guys at the convenient. I mean, there's no wah-wah where you walk in and say, hey, you know what, we need a quarterback. Well, you know, there's always some guy, and if I sat here and went through it, um, there's always some guy out there that is um, that you could pull yeah, in. Yeah, he's at CBS right now as their lead announcer. <laughs> so, so be it. You're pulling a guy in for his brain, not necessarily. Uh, yeah, I understand. I'm giving yeah, you a hard time. You get the deal there. So the fact that they haven't really made that move um, would yeah. suggest to me that luck will be back fairly quickly. But Indianapolis has their share of issues too. They've been an eight and eight team for them, you know, for much of uh, the last few years under Pagano. I think they're going to be that again this year. The crazy thing is, with this division being so bad, 8-8 eight and eight is going to get them, um, you know, in my opinion, is going to get them the, the uh, win in this division. And they're going to be the number one team in this division, um, according to what I'm seeing here. It's not great. It's not pretty. Um, but I'm looking at a third 8-8 eight and eight season in a row for the Indianapolis Colts, and that gets them number one in this AFC uh, South division. Okay, let me go backwards here. I'm going to start at the top in this division. Um, I uh, the this division the the three teams I have below this team, to me, I could shuffle them up and go through their issues, and we'll go through them quickly. But the reason I'm going to pick Tennessee to win the division at nine and seven, and while I agree with you on their schedule, I like the way the football team is built. Um, we were talking about teams with lines. You know, I think it's pretty clear that right now most people say Dallas and Oakland have the best offensive lines. Tennessee's in that group with Pittsburgh and Green Bay in that little second tier. They have a very good offensive line, which means their quarterback ends up upright most plays, and that's a, a big start in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Then they have a quarterback, and I think Mariota's on his way to becoming a very good, if not great, NFL quarterback. That That's going to help them through some of that schedule issue and they're going to be in most of their games. And I can't say that for every team here. So with that said, I'm going to pick them to win the division at 9-7. and seven. Now, mm-hmm. my second-place team could be a fourth-place team. I'm going to put Houston at 8-8 eight and eight based only on the fact that I like their defense. I, I mean, they have a salty defense, and I'm hoping that keeps them in most games. I think Deshaun Watson is an excellent quarterback, and I was with you. I thought he was undervalued in the draft. Big but time. he is a rookie. He's a rookie, and he's not going to have the talent around him that, say, a Dak Prescott had last year. So I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. Everyone can hope and wish for a Dak situation when you come into the league. Right, right. Well, you know, there's special guys that come along. I mean, Roethlisberger was special as a rookie, um, and maybe Prescott follows that lead. But most rookies are not going to do what he did. So it's hard for me to believe Houston – can win the division even with a really good defense just because I think, as you said, most games come down to the end. And 
not having a great quarterback or even a very good quarterback changes your whole game plan. You know that. I mean, you played. When you're on your own 10-yard line in the second quarter, if you have if you have a quarterback you trust, you might come out and go play action and try to take a shot. Now you sure. run conservative plays. You find yourself second and eight from the 12, and you know it. It just it's it's hard to play a whole season that way. So I have them at eight and eight. Um, the Colts, I've got a rooting interest. I tell folks, and I hope I'm wrong here. I have the Colts at seven and nine. Um, I think the luck situation troubles me. Do I think he'll come back sooner than later? Yeah, I'm not sure what he'll come back as. I mean, he had an arm injury. Something's True. not right there. I mean, is he going to come back throwing fastballs, or is he going to come back throwing Peyton Manning balls at the end of his career? I don't know. I mean, maybe someday when your son gets more comfortable, we'll have him on the show for an interview. <laughs> we can yeah. ask what kind I, of. I don't, I don't think he knows. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody knows, and I think that's the problem there. Um, I like some of the things they did in the draft defensively. I think they have a chance to be improved on that side of the ball. Offensively, they don't move people off the ball until they show me they can do that someday and be a little bit more physical offensively. I have the Colts as like a 7-9, and 8-8 type team. I'll go 7-9 and nine right now. And then I've got the Jags, like you, dead last. Um, sure, they've made some nice moves defensively. You know, Ramsey, I think, is a hell of a corner. They've got some guys that can make plays through free agency on the defensive side of the ball. I didn't understand bringing Barry Church in. Guy's not a good center fielder as a safety. He's a hitter. And uh, offensively, again, they don't have a quarterback. I mean, Blake Bortles obviously is not their answer. At least they don't feel he is um, because they were hesitant to name him the starter. They did. That's not a good sign. I'm going to put them at 6-10 and just based on I think they have some good young talent on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I could see them being four-win team, too. I mean, I could. got this thing in a tight cluster. I think it is. Come on. You don't see this division as a little bit of a CF. I mean, the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've got people going to Google CF right now, see if they can get an answer on exactly. You need an urban dictionary for that one, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe. Uh, You you might indeed be right. It's hard to, you know, predict this. Um, uh, other than to say that uh, we both expect this to be the worst division in the NFL this year. All right, well, that's a wrap for the AFC South. Um, No one got hurt in the uh, predicting of these teams. Let's slide down to the AFC West. You can go first there. Uh, I may have have some surprises here. I think I'm going to surprise folks with what I'm going with. What do you think? I've got a surprise. I think this is one of the two best divisions in football, uh, along with the NFC, along with the NFC East. And in that, this case, you know what, I'm going to pick a little bit of an upset. I like the Chiefs to win this division. I think they're going to end up tied with the Raiders at 11-5. and five. I've got the Chiefs in the tiebreaker. And the reason I'm saying I like them over the Raiders, while I like what Oakland's done, they've had, they had a lot of fortuitous wins last year. I went through their schedule and just looked at some games they won, and that oblong ball bounced their way quite a bit in the last minute of games. And they won a lot of games. Continue. It typically doesn't. It usually, is, as the statisticians say, regresses to the mean, the norm. So, you know, if the oblong ball bounced your way a lot one year, the next year it doesn't, and you lose a few of those games. And it, people, I'm not criticizing the Raiders. They're a really nice young team. They improved tremendously. But I just think they're going to have a few bounces go against them. I have the Chiefs winning the division. I do have the Raiders as a wild card at 11-5. and five. I think they'll be a good team. I think they're still a step away. Um, I've got the Denver Broncos really regressing. They're 8-8, eight and eight, and I could see them being worse than that. I mean, they, the, the defense is getting a little older. 
Um, they're not going to carry the team the way they did. DeMarcus Ware retired, guys like that. And their quarterback situation doesn't look good right now. I mean, they drafted Paxton Lynch. He's nowhere near the field. They're going with Simeon. I don't like their offense. I'll put them at 8-8. Eight and eight. And I've got the San Diego Chargers as a respectable last-place team at 7-9. and nine. I think they can beat some teams. I don't like the move. I, I think that's going to hurt them a little bit this year. They're playing in front of 27,000 people, which I think is an embarrassment to the NFL, putting an NFL franchise in a soccer stadium. I mean, that's a joke. <laughs> and no, it is. I mean, what kind of home field is that? They're moving to Los Angeles. What's Do you the think there would be a little buzz? It's a joke. Seven and what's nine the, for the Chargers. What's, what's the capacity of their stadium? Like 27,000 or 30,000 people. I mean, there'll be more people in the end zone seats in the Coliseum when USC plays Stanford than at a, a San Diego Charger game. Man, you know, hopefully they pack the house. Nothing like a packed house. You got to pack the house when you got 27,000. All right. You're, uh, you know, amazingly, I thought I'd be by myself with the Chiefs uh, at the top of the AFC West, but that's where I have them. Not, uh, not as good a record. I have them at 10 and 6, but that's uh, where I have Kansas City in this. Steady Kansas City, Andy Reid, you know, they wanted to throw him out. They wanted to um, dump him in a lake in Philadelphia. He comes over and um, rebirths his career at Kansas City. I like what he's doing there. Uh, they just seem like a really steady team, and they've got a number of playmakers. And um, I think they're putting it all together. So I, I really like Kansas City this year. I like them in this division. I have them at 10 and 6. Now, Oakland. Um uh, I think Oakland's going to have their fair share of distractions this year. Um, they're a team that's on the move. What will the fan support be like? Uh, we know they have some of the best fans in the world. Anyone who will paint their face um, and wear spiked shoulder pads you know, has something wrong with them. Uh, but I'm just – the whole move thing, um, Marshawn Lynch, uh, you know, it was cool when he was with Seattle because that's kind of where that thing started. But now – you. You've traveled your show over. Just something uh, I think. Yeah, I didn't like that move, Chad. I forgot to mention that. Good thing you brought that up. I I didn't understand the Marshawn Lynch move. I didn't didn't think they needed that. Yeah, I just, I think there's going to be a fair share of distractions there that's going to, you know, I don't know if this team is that mature enough yet to handle it. You do remember a couple years ago, um, there was, I believe it was a Monday or Thursday night game, and you had a player from the Raiders go and get a sack and, and, and launch into a dance during a hurry-up Never offense. forget it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was O.C. Umanero who's played in some Super Bowls that wanted to just kill the guy right there on national yeah. television, right there behind the quarterback. Like, hey, Never what are you forget doing? it. Yeah, what so are you doing? There's still an element of that that exists in Oakland, and I don't know if that's going to mesh well with some of the distractions that they have. I like their future. I just don't know if I like them this year. I got them second place in this. Um, you railed on me last year for where I had the Chargers, um, and you ended up being right. They ended up being 5-11. and 11. I don't exactly remember where I had them. I've got them again. I'm going to, I'm going to try this again. I like them in, in that packed house of 27,000. Um, uh, the move might have been better for them than the Rams. I don't know. We'll see. But I have them um, at 8-8, eight and eight, duking it out for last place with the Denver Broncos, whose quarterback situation is going to be a really big bugaboo for them. Uh, I think that's going to be a problem. Still very good on defense. Still well, one of the better secondaries in the NFL for Denver. But um, um, I just have them falling back. I have both Sandy uh, – see, I almost did that. I have both the Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos at 8-8. Eight and eight. But uh, I like – I like blue and gold, so I'm going to put the Chargers 
uh, third Broncos. Guess what I have written on my sheet, by the way. I still call them San Diego. I got to change that. Thank you. You better get right, my friend. They are the Los Angeles Packed House 27,000 Soccer Stadium Chargers. Get that right. That's right. So I have them both at 8-8. Eight eight. Neither one of these guys are going to see any light of the playoffs, so it really, really doesn't matter. So uh, I'll go first in laying out my uh, AFC playoff scenario. Here's what we got. Uh, number one seed for me, and it should come as no surprise to anyone, New England Patriots. Um, I've got the number two seed being the Cincinnati Bengals. Three, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. Four are the Colts. Five, the Steelers. Six, the Bills. So that would put uh, number three versus number six in that wild card weekend. And that's the Chiefs versus the Bills. I have the Chiefs advancing on that. Four versus five would be Colts versus the Steelers. Uh, I've got the Steelers in that one. Um, And that would slide us to the next week where the Pats take on the Steelers. I've got New England in that. Uh, The Bengals would take on the Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs upsetting the Bengals, a, a two versus a three, three upsetting two, um, which brings us to the AFC Championship game, and I have that as the New England Patriots versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know what, Amol? Uh, pull the groundhog, groundhogs out. Uh, it's New England again in the Super Bowl. Oh, How about that? Boy, 40, this game, you're, you're doing an Alabama the way I did Alabama. You're doing New England. Okay. You know what, man? I'm looking at this AFC, and who's ready to dethrone these guys? We talked about the AFC West. And Oakland, you know, um, maybe not being quite ready for prime time. Um, you and I both like the Chiefs. We think nothing in the AFC South will make any noise in the playoffs. Um, we have our questions about the Steelers. I obviously do. I kind of like the Bengals this year. But, you know, that's me coming out of the dark with that. Um, so, you know, who's ready to dethrone these guys? I don't see anyone in this. In this I'm going to tell you who. I have to make some people here in Pennsylvania happy because I've been listening to these Stairway to 7. Stairway to 7 forever on their Facebook and social media pages. So here we go. For number one seed, we got the New England Patriots. Number two, I've got the Steelers. Number three, the Chiefs. Number four, the Tennessee Titans. Number five, wild card, Oakland Raiders. Number six, the Baltimore Ravens. So that would send three to play, uh, six to play three. That would give us Kansas City, Baltimore. And I've got Kansas City rolling the or, uh, yeah, I should wait. Am I got that right? Uh, yeah, Kansas City uh, versus Baltimore. I've got Kansas City winning that game, and then I have the game with uh, three, four versus five. So I have the Tennessee Titans and the Oakland Raiders, and in that game, I've got Oakland. Then I have How about Pittsburgh the Titans, uh, having a home uh, playoff game. How about that? Uh, well, okay. Weird things have happened. I mean, we, we, we know more guys on their roster this year than we've ever known in the last five years. Give them a gold star for that because we've struggled with that in previous years. Oh, my God, have we struggled with that. So, anyway, we sit here and we, we, we go next. We have Pittsburgh playing Kansas City. Uh, that game would be in Pittsburgh. And I have the Steelers winning that game against the Chiefs at home. And then we have the Raiders going back to New England, a place that really – they have some bad memories for them. Remember the tuck rule. Guess what I have here? I'm calling for an upset. What? I'm call I'm calling for the Oakland Raiders to go into New England and serve their revenge cold for that tuck game and pull off an upset of the Patriots. And that gives me a nineteen seventies type AFC championship game, which really makes me happy. I've got the Steelers and the Raiders, one of the great rivalries of the seventies. And I've got the Steelers going to the Super Bowl. You're out of your gourd. Okay. 
You are truly reliving. My co-host just told me I'm out of my gourd. You're truly reliving your childhood here. Is this what yeah, we do at 49? I need, I need advance warning. What? You, you want to put me in the concussion protocol? We just go back to childhood here? You, I mean, you went all 1975 here on us. I did. But you know what? At one of these, one of these points in time, you know, and I don't know when that is, one of these points in time, every age never loses. At some point, he's undefeated. And Tom Brady's 40. So maybe he gets hurt. I'm not hoping that. Maybe his shoulder bothers him. I don't know. But they can't win every year. I'm going with the Steelers over the Raiders. All righty, my friend. Hey, if that turns out, I can relive my childhood, too. It wasn't too bad for me. I just got this coming across. Um, hey, my bleacher report. and Good good find for me, too, on that app. That, I, I did that with your encu- uh, encouragement. So I do like the app. Sometimes I get uh, maybe a little bit too many notifications. Yeah, anyway. me too, but... Seahawks trying to move Alex Collins. You'll remember him. Folks down here, um, you want to know what Alex, and it's sad, you want to know what Alex Collins' claim to fame is down here in South Florida. Um, Young man played at South Plantation High School, which is here in Broward County, and uh, went to the table on signing day, ready to sign with the Arkansas Razorbacks, and uh, mom took the papers and exited stage. Oh, boy. Some some say she ran off. I, I think that might be a little bit of a legend put on there. Um, you know, we, we would speak to his Flight athletic jog. talent. <laughs> speak to his athletic talent if mom could, you know, shimmy and shake her way and throw some fakes and get out of the gym. But she took the papers off the table, and he was not able to sign until like six, seven hours later that night. Uh, she wanted him to go to Miami. He ended up going to Arkansas. But nevertheless, uh, currently a Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they're trying to move him um, and also uh, running back Jeremy Lane. But nevertheless, uh, I digress. Uh, we got to head over to the NFC. We're going to have to do that after this break. I have some surprises in the NFC. I think this is the more interesting division uh, conference than the AFC since we already kind of know, um, even though my co-host here tried to pull a 70s, a 70s show uh, in the middle of the Gridiron Studge uh, prediction. I did show. go 70s show, didn't I? Show. Yeah, you, <laughs> you really did just do that. We're going to take a break, though. When we get back, Emil and I will break down the NFC and put together a Super Bowl matchup for you. We'll be right back right after this. Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their T-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, T-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen-printed T-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself, and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, 
Don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at tshirtsupplies.com. That's T-Shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-Shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. The Macho Man Randy Savage is not a happy Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference here. Yeah. Oh, I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it to yeah. you. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! I'm on my way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better. rises to the top, and who better to let us know that than the late Randy Macho Man Savage. 10.57 here on a Thursday. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. It's 2017 Gridiron Studs NFL preview and prediction show. We just got done with the AFC. Uh, my co-host says it's going to be a replay of the 70s as the Steelers take on the Oakland Raiders with the Steelers winning it and heading to the Super Bowl. So there's another half of this thing. I have uh, decided that it's going to be the Patriots um, and the Chiefs in this AFC conference finale. And I've uh, bored you all to death by telling you New England once again, um, Belichick and his sweatshirt and his one word answers with Brady. uh, And uh, I didn't really do anything wrong, but I'm going to just carve up this defense and uh, win it. That's what I've got going on. So let's talk about the NFC, Um, the NFC East is your beloved division. So who would who, who am I to stand in the way of you going first on that thing? So lay it out for us, Amy. I think this is a, a brutal division because I think that you got four teams where I could see if certain things break for each club a certain way, they could win the division. And if things break incorrectly, they could have a really bad year by their standards. Um, if I was taking the best roster in the division, I'd take my Cowboys, but I'm not picking them to win the division. And here's why. How about that? I like circuses only when I get peanuts and jugglers, okay? <laughs> I don't like circuses for my NFL team. And the Cowboys offseason has been nothing short of a circus. Now, I think at the end of the year, the Cowboys may be a team that you don't want to play. Um, they have a lot of young players they drafted that I think will, will mature and play well during the season. Um, they have some guys getting some suspensions at like David Irving and DeMontre Moore that I think are going to be good defensive linemen. One's going to miss two games, one's going to miss four. So with that said, I think it gives an advantage to the Giants. And I've got the Giants with winning the division with the exact same record they had last year, 11-5. and five. I like their defense. I'm not sure it's quite as good as it played last year. I think it, it maybe played over its head a little but it's a good defense, really good defense. And uh, their offensive line still scares me, and they don't have a running game. 
But I think some of the things Dallas did is going to give the Giants enough room to win the division. I've got Dallas in second. I've got them at 10-6. and six. Um, I think there's just too much talent for them to completely flop, um, you know, especially between the quarterback, the offensive line, the receivers, the running game. I think they have enough to win 10 games and finish second. Believe it or not, I've got the Philadelphia Eagles coming in at 9-7 and seven in third place. I think they're going to be a much improved team. They gave Wentz a few weapons on offense. Uh, the defense seems to be decent. I mean, actually, you know, when I watch them, other they have some issues in the secondary, but their front seven seems to get after you. I like the Eagles. Uh, and then finally, in last place, and it's really not a bad football team, I've got the Redskins, but I've got them at 8-8. Eight and eight. I think, you know, I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins guy. I mean, I think he's a. I think he's a mainly a checkdown artist. He throws for a 70% completion rate. But if you're behind in a game, he'll run the clock out for you as he goes down and gets the garbage touchdown. Um, uh, so I'm not a huge fan. But he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. So it, in the end, it leaves the Redskins what I think they are, which is an average football team at eight and eight. Well, we agree on two records in this thing. Uh, we've got to order here a little bit different. I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm with you on the Redskins, a solid football team. It just would seem criminal. And if they were in the AFC South, they would win the division. But they happen to be in, uh, you know, if, if not the toughest, the second toughest division in the NFL. And 8-8 eight and eight's going to get you a last place, which is where I think Washington's going to end up. Kirk Cousins has been solid. Uh, one of the best moves that the Redskins made. Um, in the draft was the year they picked RG3. They also picked up this guy, and uh, he's outlasted RG3 in Washington. Um, he's not maybe the quarterback that he thinks he is, especially from a contract perspective, but he is a solid starter for them, and, um, we'll, and, and he's a guy who you can occasionally put a game on his back and you, he can pull you through, especially if you've sabotaged the game early on. It's a guy that could pull you back in it and possibly pull it out. It's just not going to happen enough for them in 2017 um you know what i do have that i have that mixed up actually the redskins i have third uh the fourth team in this division is a team that you picked first um you know we talked about circuses at some point amel this whole you know you remember how i felt about terrell owens yeah uh you know you remember my little saying for that there it's starting to move in that direction for odell beckham a good example of this would be when he received this injury in the preseason um all the histrionics um, and then you're in the tunnel and you know the cameras are there and you fall out um, in agonizing pain, but not once do you grab the particular part of your body that has this injury. You're just in a fetal position um, as uh. if you were shot in the stomach. It's just too much of that. At some point, it's going to become a major issue if it hasn't already. And you got him. You got him paired with Marshall, who could snap at any moment. Uh, he might have to eat him a lot. I just think there's going to be some problems there. Let me ask you two um, questions on the Giants since we're on them. I have two questions for you. Does their offensive line concern you the way, like, if, I mean, I say concern as, as far as a football fan. Do you look at their offensive line, scratch your head, and say, when are they going to improve it? It would be nice if they did that, because if you're not going to have a star back there at running back, you should at least fix the things up front. Um, you can't go both. You don't have a lights-out runner, and then you don't have – at some point it becomes a problem. I mean, you know me. Um, I think football starts with um, defense and a running game. And, a, and, and you know, and obviously you've got to have a quarterback. But after quarterback, defense and a running game. And uh, the Giants have defense. It's not. And I found like the tight end from from Mississippi to be a complete head scratcher because to me he's just a giant wide receiver. I mean, sure he runs fast and 
and he's a big guy, but he's not a blocking. He's not a guy yeah. that's going to be a complete tight end. He's a receiving tight end that's basically an extra wide receiver. Right. How will the Giants close out games if they happen to have a lead? I'm going to go back to Tony Romo's uh, thoughts there. In their final four or six minutes, if they have a lead, how are they going to close out football games? I just don't know how they're going to be able to do that. So um, I have the Giants last at seven and nine. So wow. number two, um, speaking of circus, I'm with you, Emil. You know what? I kind of I like an incident or two in the off season. Um, that tells me that you have very hyperactive guys. Um, and, and as you know, with anything in life, especially in football, it takes energy to win at it. But when it goes to three, four and five and daily and weekly incidents, now you've got yourself, now you're too hyperactive. Now you, you know, you need Ritalin and, um, Mm -hmm. this is this, it's too many. It's just too, too damn many for the Cowboys. And, you know, yeah, Dak Prescott's still very young. Um, just got off of a rookie season. Is he ready to handle all that? And then your your running back, who was a very big part of your your offense, we don't know how many games he's out. Uh, that's going to be a problem. Could be six games, could be four, hopefully. Uh, but that's an issue. And then Des Bryant can explode at any moment. If 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 one more person asks him why he's not kneeling for the national anthem, he might he might he might go all MMA on someone. I just there's just too much that could go wrong in Dallas right now. And you know what? Teams are going to have a book on Dak Prescott. Um, they're, going to be, they're not going to be able to sneak up on anyone. Prescott and Zeke were rookies last year. They didn't know what to expect. And they ended up being pretty damn good. Well, now folks will have a beat on that, and then it'll be up to the Cowboys uh, after this year to figure out how you're going to adjust to what teams are doing. I think that's going to be enough to put them second place in this division at 10-6. and six. Hey, the Eagles quietly over there trying to do some things, make some moves. I think they have their quarterback like you said, they uh, put some new weapons in there. I'm, I'm anxious to see Carson Wentz with that. And steadily, I think the Eagles have improved. I don't know if they've got a long-term solution there. I do like the Eagles this year. So I have them at 11-5 and and winning this division. I wouldn't have said that prior to coming in and analyzing it. I wouldn't have said Eagles. But when I took a look at it, uh, that's what I came up with, Philadelphia 11-5 mm-hmm. and five and winning the NFC East. Um, so that's how I see it. Let's slide down to the NFC North where I'll, I'll go first. Um, in this one, starting at the bottom, I've got the Bears. And, you know, I say 8-8. Eight and eight. This could easily be 7-9, and 6-10. Bears have got issues. They've got things to fix. And they are nowhere near where they once were. Um, but as of right now, I have them at 8-8. Eight and eight, And that's, uh, you know what, I've got this all messed up again, too. But they're third in the division. At the bottom, I've got the line with Matthew Stafford. How much did he sign for, Emil? Because I, I, I know you're a... Uh, uh, he got Matthew Stafford got 135 million for five years, and you know the old saying about expectations—they are a bitch. Uh, well, well, if we could just take an aside here, um, what are your thoughts on him getting that? I'm leaning a little to the to the side of you know a lot of people might be up in arms about this, but you know what? Take Matthew Stafford out of the equation, there and what are the Lions? So it's kind of this is what the market would bear. You don't. No, I don't fault the. Listen, the Lions can't let him go. I mean, just because we know how hard it is to find a competent, above-average NFL quarterback, and he's certainly that. Uh, I, I think the question becomes, and that's the market rate. So I think people have to understand, he somebody was going to pay him that money. If it wasn't the Lions, it would be the team that signed him away from the Lions. So. That's the market rate for, you know, what I would call a top 15 NFL quarterback. I guess the question with Stafford is, is he number 13 or 14, or is he number 5 or 6? And right now, I think the answer is pretty evident. He's in the teens, and that's why I think people get up in arms about the contract. But, again, it's they're paying market. 
There's no place. Kirk Cousins is playing for $25 million this year on a one-year deal. That's yeah. the going rate, okay? Right, right. And that's that's his value to that team and that franchise. So um, that's that. But nevertheless, um, all that money is going to land, and then there'll be more noise. I have them at 5-11. and 11. Um, Wow. Yeah, that's where I have them. So um, number four in the NFC. I can see more. that, though. Like, I, yeah, well, I didn't see well. it my, that way, but I could see it. They can go 8-8, eight and eight, they can go 5-11. and 11. I just think they, you know, you talked about Oakland with some fortuitous bounces. Um, I think Detroit had that happen a number of times last year, and I just don't know that they're in place to have those bounces continue in their direction. Uh, number two, then, is going to be the Minnesota Vikings for me. You know what? I really like the way Minnesota played defense last year. If you'll remember in the early part of the season when Sam Bradford was getting comfortable with things in Minnesota, um, they played really well defensively and that got them off to a five and O start. And then um, they still hadn't gotten things together offensively there. So the defense got tired and their backs kind of got broken and they had some trouble in the middle towards the end of the season and things kind of fell apart. I think they still bring that back this year. I think you've got Sam Bradford, who's going to be a little bit more comfortable. Um, I think they're decent enough outside with the wide receiver situation and I think Dalvin Cook's going to be a, a pretty damn good rookie. Comes in with a chip on his shoulder. A lot of things said about him uh, in this draft. The truth of the matter is he's the best running back that ever came through a, a very good program like Florida State. Damn good runner with the football. Pretty good out of the backfield. And, you know, also very good for by rookie standards. Picking up the blitzes. He's an every down back. I think he'll be a, one of the big surprises, um, if I can say that one of the big performers as a rookie in this league. And I think that's really going to help the Minnesota Vikings. So I have them at number two at nine and seven. Um, but this, this division is still very much belonging to Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers. And I think the Packers are primed for a really good year. Um, they did some things last year um, that supposed to be able to do. Uh, they had a guy wearing number 88 at running back last year. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you had there. A receiver back there. Um, so Aaron Rodgers was spectacular. They pulled, they pulled some rabbits out of a hat. I think they'll be more solid and ready for this season. I like the Packers in this division. I have them finishing at 11 and five. Yeah. You know, it's funny if, if we're being honest, you know, they're not supposed to win that playoff game at Dallas and it kind of showed up the next week when, when Atlanta just, you know, ran them out of the building. Can I just say this, that, that game, the, the playoff game Packers versus the Giants, as someone who coaches defense and in particular coaches the secondary um, as a defensive You mean the coordinator, first playoff game? Yeah, the first playoff game. Um, sure. It was the scariest thing that I had watched. It's, it's, it's almost like the Giants couldn't do anything to stop Aaron Rodgers. If they rushed him, he got throws off. If they didn't blitz him, he had all day and he would buy ungodly amounts of time as someone who's lined up a defensive back. Those guys having to cover for six, seven seconds was ridiculous. Um, so, you know, if he brings that into the season, woe to the entire league. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, listen, I'm with you. I, for, for me, I think, you know, what bugged me most when, when, when he basically single-handedly knocked my Cowboys out last year is, be, you know, it was a combination of the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I was texting you during that game. What bugged the hell out of me watching that game was, I thought it was a combination, too, of Dallas being too cute. And, you know, you're playing Aaron Rodgers, 
And early in that game, Dallas just had some play calls that made me scratch my head. I mean, you play power yeah. football. You keep Aaron Rodgers next to next to the coach of the Packers. You don't want Aaron Rodgers on the field. He's scary, and that leads me into picking this division. Let's go from the top down. I got Aaron Rodgers. And you know what's <laughs> funny? You and I have the same record. I've got yeah. the Packers at 11-5, and five, and I'm like you. I looked last year and said, man, if he won with that group, I mean, you know, that that's scary because you know as great as he was i mean that that team i didn't think was supposed to beat dallas you know and and they probably shouldn't have but they did and i think it's a good springboard into this season i've got them kind of running away a little bit with this division second place i have the vikings at nine and seven i'll be honest that's on the strength of their defense anybody who listens to this show knows i'm no sam bradford fan um he gets sacked and that guy comes up looking white as a sheet i mean he comes up like yeah, checking to see if his parts are all in the same place. Yeah, I mean, you you made that comment last year, and it it was funny. I had to agree with you. You started just, looking right every time you got sacked. You're so like, much, oh. why do you look so terrified and surprised by it? Am I wrong? You're thinking I'll be damned. That aim will does say something that's right yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's the exact look. It's a very Freddy Krueger. Uh, I got trapped in a you know. Um, you know, Friday the 13th movie. My wife even laughed. I told her we're watching a game last year. I said, watch this guy. He looks like I just got sacked. You know, you picture, they put me out there, some 320-pound guy ran over me. That's the look I would have. Only he gets paid a lot of money to do this. Okay, yeah. so I, Should be used to I've got them that. I've got them at 9-7 and seven, um, because I do like their defense. I'm like you. I, I think it's a strong enough unit that I, with running the football, and Bradford, if you can just, stay mistake-free and stay healthy, I think they can be a 9-7 and seven team. I've got the Lions third, 7-9, um, and nine, purely based on Stafford. I think he'll win some games throwing the ball around the yard, but I don't like this team. I think they won a lot of games last year that probably, you look at them, I, the Redskins game sticks in my head. I remember watching the game, and they put, he pulled one out for them in the last minute that basically made him worth what they paid him because without Stafford, they, that's probably a four-win team. I mean, that's just not sure. a good team. And uh, so seven and nine, and the Bears, I've got them at five and eleven. I, I don't know what they're doing there. I, I'm not sure. I mean, they signed that guy Glennon, they draft Trubinsky. I'm not a big fan of either player. I mean, maybe Trubinsky will prove me wrong. I just I thought that was a stretch to take him that high. Um, I felt so the I'm, same I'm, way. You know, uh, this guy's got one year under his belt. Historically, that's not worked in this league. But we'll see. No. We'll see. I mean, you know, maybe he'll prove us wrong and have a good career. But right now, for me, this is a team, uh, you know, a little bit rudderless, and uh, and I see them at five and eleven in last place. I don't obviously don't think this is a a great division. I think Green Bay, you know, will will kind of control it start to finish. All right. Uh, well, we kind of see this thing uh, rolling the same here. NFC South is up. I'll let you go first with this one. I'm really interested, uh, by know, the way, in seeing how you think this thing is going to shape out. Well, you know, I'm going to go chalk I here. I, I like the Atlanta roster. I really do. I, I like the way they built their football team. The, again, I keep saying this. People who listen to the show know I, I'm a big offensive line fan. Like, I believe that everything starts up front, especially offensively. If you can't block a play, the rest doesn't matter. Um, I, I like what Atlanta, they're in that second tier, good offensive lines. Yeah, so I'm going to put them at 12-4. and four. A lot of skill. Freeman finally got paid. They've got guys outside, Julio Jones. Ryan seems to have found his groove finally and, you know, become a, you know, 
top flight or, you know, close to top flight NFL quarterback. I mean, this is a, a, a solid team in my mind. So I got them at 12 and four. Um, second place, I'm I'm believing. I, I think I think Tampa's for real. I mean, Winston's Biting a winner. Cheese, huh? I'm I'm taking the cheese. Winston's always been a winner every place he's gone, and uh, I think there's no reason for that to change. I saw some maturation last year in this this whole roster, and I think it continues this year. I've got them in second place at ten and six. Um, I'm still not a big believer in what they've put around Cam Newton in Carolina. I've got them third at seven and nine. I mean, Cam's a phenomenal talent, no doubt about it. But it seems like you know they don't really care about if anybody blocks for him. We'll just let him get knocked around like a rag doll, and you know that only that only works so long. And guys start to get hurt on defense. Their leader, I mean, he's one concussion from you know eating his meals from a straw. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's always out. Um, you know, so, uh, Luke. How do you say his last name with the K? Help me here. Help me. Yeah, there you go. See, I'm I'm in the concussion protocol too, but I've got them at seven and nine. And then finally, I never uh, you know, be the pronunciation guide on this show. By the way, never thought that would be my role. It is. I, I you know, his name for some reason every time I every time I go to say it, the Luke comes up and I I forget his last name. I know it starts with a K and I can't say it, but thank you. So you forget um, the last name of a guy who's concussion pro. Figure figure that one. <laughs> the irony. Come on, man. Um, and then last, I got the Saints here. You know, Drew Brees is a magician, but I don't know. I, I, what are the Saints at this point? I mean, they throw the ball over the place. Uh, they're fun to watch. They usually give up 40 points. I don't know. I've got them as a 5-11 and 11 team. I'm just not, I'm not seeing it there. I think maybe it's time for Peyton to go to a new venue. Maybe his message is getting lost a little bit there. Um, but I've got them in last place. All righty then. Um, we see this thing a little differently. We're the same at the top. It's the Falcons division, 12-4. and four. Um, I do think at some point the disappointment of last year will plague itself. We've kind of seen that happen over the years. Carolina would have been the latest to experience that. Um, wasn't able to get up off the canvas uh, last season after being in a Super Bowl the year before, but um, I've got the Falcons winning the division at 12 and four next Amol, I've got the team you just railed on uh, the New Orleans saints. For some reason, I like the saints this year. Um, you know, maybe that little addition of Adrian Peterson, he's not a guy that can carry the load, but I think he's going to add a little bit of a dimension to that offense that they have not really had. Um, they thought they would get it from Mark Ingram, but you know, they're not. And then Alvin Kamara, uh, such an underrated back uh, coming into this draft. He obviously, um, at Tennessee, I had a chance to see him up close several times. Um, a very damn good running back. Very much like Dalvin Cook, just not getting that kind of hype. So uh, what they've added there in the running game, if Peyton and the boys are willing to use him, and I think with Drew Brees advancing in years, it'd be nice to kind of shift a little bit more responsibility to the running back. If they're able to do that, I like things for, for the Saints. Um, they're doing some good things on on defense, I think the Saints can pull off a little bit of a surprise here in this division. I like them number two at 10-6. and six. Um, The Panthers, uh, you still got that big guy back there at quarterback. Um, definitely a force. Um, you've, got, you've got the big weapon in, Kel- in Kelvin Benjamin. And by big, I mean really big. Um, and then the addition of Christian McCaffrey, I think, adds a, a dimension to this thing that's much needed with Cam Newton back there and some of the hits he's taken. I think it's a nice little twist for them um, if they can mix him in there in the right way. Uh, they play good defense, 
So, uh, you know, while I don't think they're a playoff team, I've got them number three at nine and seven. And the Bucks, uh, you know what? I like the future for the Bucks. I do indeed like the future for the Bucks. I just don't like it this year. Maybe they're a year away. I think I've watched Jameis Winston, definitely going to be um, a really good quarterback in this league. Still a couple of silly little mistakes that might cost them here and there. So I have them number four at a respectable eight and eight, though. And, again, I do need to remind you, eight and eight could win you the AFC South, but it gets you – Boy, you keep, you keep roiling on that poor AFC South. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm astounded at the, as how bad I think that division is going to be. When so. you look at it and you went through it right, you scratch your head and you go, how did this happen? How did how did they get this bad? Yeah, how in the hell? I could only say, hopefully, in five years, we, we can look back and say, oh, this division used to be a laughing stock. Look at it. Now, there's a lot yeah. of young – let me just say this. There's a lot of good young talent being piled up and stockpiled in that AFC South, but right now it's young, and we know how that goes yep. in this league. So that's how I have this thing shaping up. Falcons, number one, 12 and four. Saints, number two, 10 and six. Panthers, number three, nine and seven. Bucks rounding it out at eight and eight. Sorry, Tampa Bay fans. All right, so we're going to slide down to the NFC West. I'll go first here, and you're, you know, you, you might be a little bit surprised by what I have to say here. Let's not dole out any, you know, let's not mess around. We know who's going to be at the bottom of this thing. It's the Los Angeles Rams. Um, brand new coach. A ton of things to fix there. Got to figure out if Jared Goff is a player or not. Just, you know, a mess out there in Los Angeles right now, and it, there's no quick fix for it. So, they'll have to take their time. I like They did fix one thing this offseason, though. They're going back to the 1960s Dodger blue and white uniforms from the 60s and getting rid of that Notre Dame look they had going on in St. Louis. So that's a fix for me. I like I don't that. like the Notre Dame look. If they're going to go blue and white, don't like it either. Uh, the whole Deacon Jones era. Man, let's go back to the I know era. what you want. You want the 70s, the, 80s look, which I prefer myself. Sure. Yeah, you gold. take, yep, yep. Yeah, all right. Yep. So you know, let's not do the Merlin Olsen thing. But nevertheless, that ain't my fight. Uh, I turned in my card in 1987. I like them at the bottom of this thing at 3-13. and 13. Uh, Who else to finish third or near the bottom of this thing with the San Francisco 49ers, another team in this division with a brand-new coaching staff um, and a ton of things to fix? Um, I could say a whole bunch of great things about the 49ers, but I can't find them. So I'm going to just say that they're 4-12 and 12 <laughs> in number three in this division. <laughs> All right, so that leaves who's one and who's two. I've been a big supporter of the Seattle Seahawks over the years. But you know what, Amo? I think the cycle, this this is kind of how the thing ran uh, at USC with Pete Carroll. You come in, fancy free, loose, it's good, it's new. Um, guys respond to it really well, and then the inmates take over the asylum. And I see a little bit of that going on um, in Seattle. You've got, you got your star cornerback running off at the mouth, um, seemingly involved in everything other than football at this point in time right now. Um, you just got a number of things that I see going on there. You had the whole issue with the play calling uh, last year. Um, and they still yeah, Can I say to... something when you're on them? I really would have made more of a concerted effort. I'm surprised they didn't to, to move him for some decent value. I mean, honestly, if I could have moved his contract and got a second or even early third-round pick, I probably would have taken it because I think even though he's a very good player still, I I I think he's not worth what he's going to bring to that team at this point, and I think it's it's going to be a lot of grief. Yeah, I mean, listen, I appreciate the expression, and you have some views, and you want to express them, but he's going all over the place. And when you start talking about what the offensive coordinator is calling, 
you're, yep. you're, uh, you're starting a fire that doesn't need to blaze. And um, this is kind of what went on at USC. Uh, Pete came in with the whole loose thing and they're playing music and you got stars showing up and towards the end it turned into a circus and it's, they, you know, it just started to eat their own face. And it looks like that's repeating itself in Seattle, not to mention they still haven't su- uh, supplied Russell Wilson with some, you know, some serious talent at wide out to get them out of the funk. You're not sure up front what you are anymore. You don't have the beast uh, running back. Um, so you're missing that element where the points going to come from for the Seattle Seahawks. At some point, this defense's back is going to break. And, you know, while I think they're going to be a very good team this year that uh, could make it to the playoffs, I don't have them making it to the playoffs. I have them finishing second in this division at a respectable 10-6, and six, but they're going to get edged out. Um, and that leaves the number one team, in my opinion, in this division that's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. I like what they've been doing. Um, the only question mark for me is what Carson Palmer is going to give you at quarterback. But if Carson is Carson... Um, we've got a team similar to the one that made a nice run a couple of years ago. I like what they're doing on defense. I just like the whole energy that this Arizona Cardinals team has. And I think they're going to do some really good things this season. I like them to win the NFC West uh, with an 11-5 and record. Okay, well, you know, let me start by saying I think because of the bottom of this division, this division um, is pretty awful. It's not quite AFC South awful, but it, but it's pretty bad. I've got the 49ers dead last. To me, that's a 4-12 and team. Yeah, they've added some pieces defensively in the draft. We'll see how that pans out. Typically, pass rushers don't make big impacts in their first year. Um, uh, you know, they just have – they're all over the map. They have a new coach there. I don't know what to expect. Uh, quarterback still unsettled. So I got them at 4-12. and The Rams are just as bad for some godforsaken reason, though. I just figure they're going to accidentally win an extra game and be 5-11. and 11. I don't know. I mean, their defense has some players. Again, it never seems to live up to expectations. Um, but these are two interchangeable teams. Either one could be at the bottom. And like I said, I see them as four- and five-win type of teams. Now, we get to your team. I like the Arizona energy, but we said this earlier in the show, and this is where I believe you mentioned Palmer. That's a big question mark. See, in the NFL, when you're not settled at that position or you feel unsure of what you're going to get, that concerns me. And, and I'm not sure Carson, at his age, I think he's 37, um, he's had arm injuries, he's had knee injuries. He's, you know, he doesn't throw – I mean, Carson Palmer used to throw a wicked fastball when he was at USC and early in his career. His ball's got that nice – you know, it's going toward the Peyton Manning loop, only he still throws a spiral. I'm not sure what you get. And with that, I have to put them as an 8-8 eight eight team. I just – they could be ten and six or eleven and five if if he ends up being great, but I'm not sure that's what he is anymore. And that leaves me with only Seattle to pick to win the division. Although I agree with everything you said about Seattle, I think they're on the cusp of of going down the hill right now. But I right. think there's still enough left there to to sneak in and win this division. I have them with the same record you have, Matt. So we don't see them much differently. I have them at ten and six. I just don't believe in Arizona the way you do. And and I want to, because I want my guy to be good. I like Carson, but I'm not sure that's what he is anymore. Yeah, I know you like Carson, and a lot does ride on him. I went on, I went on a thought that he's going to be okay this season. And then another thing that I like for Arizona is how their schedule shakes out. Other than the two opening games on the road at Detroit and at Indianapolis, they don't go back-to-back on the road. Uh, for the rest of the season, and they also have a stretch in a good part of the season, which is the end of November into December, where they have three straight 
uh, very winnable home games. Jacksonville, L.A. Rams, and Tennessee. I, I, you know, I like to see stuff like that on the schedule. And again, for me, it's not so much who, as we talked about, but how the travel shakes out. Uh, and that looks good for Arizona. Buddy, if Again, you're in this division and you're Arizona or Seattle, you have to like your schedule to begin with because it includes four games with the Rams and 49ers. Um, it, it does. And then the other good thing, too, I is mean, um, their, their, their AFC division that they're going to play this year is none other than the AFC South. So that's a good deal for all of these guys all the way around, especially Arizona and Seattle, sure. which are you know playoff contenders here. So, all right, we have it all. We have that all wrapped up. You want to lay out your NFC uh, scenario. We need to find out who's going to play these Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. My number one seed is the Atlanta Falcons. Number two is the Green Bay Packers. Three would be the New York football Giants. Four, Seattle Seahawks. The five seed, the Tampa Bucks, And then my Cowboys coming in at the six seed, Tampa and Dallas, both 10 and six. I have Dallas as the six seed. Then guess what I have happened? The six seed Cowboys go to play the Giants. A reversal of roles from the the game ten years ago, where where the you know the, the the Giants visited the Cowboys, and I have the Cowboys pulling the upset here. I think they're a better team at the end of the year. They get some guys back, young guys improve. I see, I see them advancing to the next round. I also have Seattle beating Tampa Bay, just because it's hard for me to pick Tampa Bay to win a playoff game. Still, I'm still stuck in that cycle. So. That sends me to round two, where the Cowboys would then visit the Atlanta Falcons in their season. Sadly for me, that day ends. Uh, the Falcons beat them, advancing to the NFC Championship game. The Seahawks go to Green Bay, where I think the Seahawks mini-dynasty ends, and we see the real descent begin next year. I think Green Bay throttles them, and it the, the goes to the NFC Championship game in Atlanta. Only this time, I don't think it ends the way it ends last year. No, no, no. I think the Packers go into Atlanta. Guns ablaze, and Aaron Rodgers lights them up, and the Packers advance to the Super Bowl to play the Steelers. Well, very interesting. i got to lay this out quickly because it looks like we're running out of time. I've got my one seed as Atlanta, two as Green Bay, three as Arizona, four as Philadelphia, five as Dallas, six as New Orleans. I've got Arizona taking on New Orleans. Arizona wins. Philadelphia versus Dallas. I've got Philly taking, uh, uh, beating Dallas. Atlanta and Philadelphia the next week with Philadelphia winning. Green Bay and Arizona. Green Bay winning with an NFC championship game of Green Bay versus Philly. And guess what, Amo? You and I didn't talk, but I also have Green Bay going to the Super Bowl. So I have a New England Green Bay Super Bowl. You've got a Green Bay Pittsburgh Super Bowl. How about that? we got to go with that, though. Uh, we'll talk about it next week on the Gridiron Stud Show. Thank you all for listening. That's the 2017 Gridiron Studs NFL Preview Show. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.